If you think it's impressive to watch a rocket take off for Mars for a year and a half, you should see what happens behind the scenes here at AfterBuzz. It's crazy. And what's really crazy is that we're already at the end of our two-episode binge of Hulu's The First. We're going to cover episodes five, six, seven, and 8 and give you our thoughts and what's going to happen in another season. All that coming up now on The First After Show. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. You know, every once in a while, uh, you get the opportunity to play uh, a little Lou Reed in form of Velvet Underground, and it's uh, hard to turn away from the skid. It actually fits appropriately here on what is already our finale. We've done two episodes now, and we are going to cover episodes five through eight of the first on Hulu. And if you've watched already, then you'll remember that this song comes up. And if you haven't watched already, well, then why are you watching our after show? Go ahead, watch the show, come back. We'll be here. We'll just wait. I'm Christian Blatt, joined once again by Bianca Hayes. Hey, everybody. Did I get it right this time? It was 100% correct. All right. I should have just been, like, playing it cool. Like, oh, yeah, of course I have a right. <laughs> I'll say what he calls me. Uh, Trace. No! I'm Shell <laughs> Taylor. Uh, hello, welcome. Hey. So, uh, we talked a lot, and we're going to have to, you know, we have to move pretty quickly through the episodes, but I want to kind of take a minute for each of you. We talked a lot about how the first four episodes, it's very slow, very deliberate, and obviously a lot of like, oh, I want more to happen. Well, now you've seen everything that happened. Yes. And Angela, I'll ask you first. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you feel about these eight episodes on the whole? I was very grateful for these last uh, five through eight episodes because they really unfolded a lot for me and confirmed a lot. And I got to see the characters at different levels um, emotionally. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, when we talk about episode five, it, it answers, I think, a lot of questions that sort of creep into your mind as yes. you watch the first four episodes. That was the most loaded episode. Yeah. Uh, Bianca, what did you think? I really enjoyed these last few episodes. I am so glad they finally went to space. Thank yeah. goodness. I actually was wondering, as this, the, these episodes were unfolding, I'm like, man, the episode's going to end. They're going to be on the launch pad. And we're not even going to know if they Never don't blow take up. Off. Yeah, no, yeah. We, we finally had that need satisfied. I, I swear I didn't think they were going to space. I was just like, they're like... And we'll see you in space next year. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like at like the half hour point, it's like, well, we still have a lot of time left. And we actually see them doing space things. I knew we weren't getting to that Mars. That would be a great yeah. way into season two, though. Yeah. Well, which And we will certainly talk about uh, season two. So, uh, yeah, I found that, you know, it's sort of the similar kind of pace, very character development heavy. And I think that these are very well-rounded characters and we got to know them uh, even more throughout the course of these episodes. So uh, let's just dive right in. And we already alluded to how uh, episode five, what happened was that we got basically so much backstory on uh, Tom's wife, Denise's mother, and just so many other things. And uh, we already sort of touched on it. But Angel, you go first. Mm -hmm. Tell us about uh, what you what your thoughts were as you kind of watched, you know, had all these questions answered. So it really showed the transition of. Um, Diane, the mother, and how she went from extremely happy, her family all together, to we saw her spiraling down, you know, beat by beat, how she becomes addicted to alcohol and then to, um, I guess, painkillers or some type of medication, and um, later her own suicide. So, I mean, yeah, that was such a heavy, like, everything all wrapped up in a pretty bow, in episode five. Right. And as is often the case in real life, it's not like the, the spiral starts and it's just immediately all the way down. There's You definitely see things pick back up. They're all very excited when they get the new house. She's got the tattoo parlor, you know. So uh, you, you definitely see ups and downs. You mm -hmm. see it as, as more of a, a roller coaster there. Uh, and Bianca, what did you think as you sort of saw the backstory on, you know, uh, on his wife? and uh, how that actually impacts the question that was kind of burning from episode one. But why did he get kicked off the mission? Yeah, I think it goes back to what we kind of talked about in the last after show, where it's about how these imperfect people having to do this perfect, impossible right. task. And it really finally, like we have already attested to, answered so many questions that I... 
I don't know. It was kind of a little blame game in a way. I don't oh, know if you guys was. felt that yeah. way. I felt the entire episode. I was trying to figure out who was responsible for their downfall as a family, as a and, family. It, and it fell on everybody's shoulders. Yeah, I think it, it's every. Uh, obviously, Denise is a child, not really that mm. much, you know. But I'd say both parents very much responsible. And then, of course, as she gets older, you know, she starts to have her problems as well. Mm. Uh, so I think that. Really, you just sort of get to see, you know, just the family. You sort of unraveling. You see the, the just all the excitement. But even when he, because he's home so infrequently, and just when they're dating, you see her frustration. Uh, you know, when they're just where they're talking. I believe that it, it, there are several scenes that take place in a bathtub. Yeah, and I think that's one it's of them. So weird. <laughs> yeah, I, like, but why? Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I what I thought was so interesting about this episode that correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they do in any of the other episodes, is very, in whenever it's a flashback, everything in the surrounding environment is black. Yeah, which it's is, sort of... Yeah. And, and it, muted. It, it's just so It's sort of ominous. the... It's, I think, ominous. a lot of it, and obviously, you know, Denise isn't privy to a lot of these things, but maybe there's stories she heard, and a lot of it is sort of from her memory, and I think the way that you remember things is you're not going to remember the little details, things that are on the bookshelf mm -hmm. and, you know, all that. You mm -hmm. kind of remember, like, oh, these are the main things that happened. Uh, and one of the thoughts that I had was something we talked about on our last show, which was sort of the the quarters and sort of repairing the phone. And in the course of this episode, you sort of see the putting the phone back together is sort of collecting these memories and try, sorting to try to repair the phones mm. and you're sort of piecing together this is what came before mm -hmm. and I think that that continues and we'll talk about it when we get to episode 8 that the metaphor which we talked a lot about last <laughs> week didn't we Bianca the metaphor really I think it just sort of reflects like yeah this, this is we're sort of getting the important parts that we need to understand this story you know I think that was uh, the role that that had yeah I thought just from a background perspective too uh, Bo Willeman is is a playwright that's his right. first career it felt so much like watching like a play, play. Yeah. didn't yes. it yeah I, no, I, I, I liked it i thought it was a really interesting storytelling yeah and i thought it was great to you know get to see all those things to really get to see the different parts of the mm -hmm. family you know and just sort of the the back and forth between uh tom and diane you know when he is home and he's saying denise don't color on the walls and it's like just let her color on the walls yeah and you know that's that's obviously more of a metaphor in and of itself for the yes. bigger problems they had but then it's it's just so sad so she's like well if they're gonna fight about it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna windex the wall and clean off my drawings you know so there was a lot of that where yeah. you could feel her role she almost had to parent their relationship she cleaned up a lot after yeah. them mm. like on like with the duct tape and cleaning the wall and... oh yeah and then when they tried mm -hmm. to have that intimate moment yeah. for their anniversary yeah oh, she's yeah. like cutting her dad out of the tape of shame yeah. the yeah. tape of shame the tape yeah. of humiliation <laughs> like hold on we were about to get it on and it went all bad and she just wanted some champagne and it's like come on we know <laughs> she that's just not a wanted good idea. a sip yeah it's like yeah we get it but <laughs> look what happens when you have a sip of champagne so uh, I thought it was all uh, it, it was all sort of well explained, you know, and we sort of see that obviously all these problems. Yeah, his it wasn't a good time for him to go to Mars. In that scene, though, um, didn't you get the feeling they were already drunk? Didn't they seem like they were already pretty lit? Like uh, when she's getting taped, when he's yes, getting taped in the when, chair, when she's doing the taping. Um, anyone sober would not be. Like, that's true. Uh, I, I didn't really think of it that way. I thought that they were just excited. So but weird. now that you say it, they were sort of uh, acting like they were, they'd were. they already had something to drink. That but, was not a sober I mean, situation. But they must not have been. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't have been so upset because it's I like, know. no, you already had weird. enough. Look, yeah. I think the choice we should they just, made. We should just say that they are some passionate people. I mean, in the in all of last year, there's a lot I of getting hippie vibes from her. There's a lot, of, like we said, there's a lot in the bathtub. They're just, they're very into it each other yeah yes. which i mean it's all it, it's all very sweet to see and you mm -hmm. sort of see you know the uh seeing denise when she's little that's all stuff that uh, connects with me because i have little kids and you know you sort of you you feel bad for times that you can see a kid feel bad and you're like oh yeah she really senses what's going on and mm -hmm. in a lot of ways like you said she is definitely the adult in the situation so we get all of that and it's sort of 
framed, no pun intended, by her doing the portrait as she went along. And it's this sort of very interesting portrait of her mother that has the the two levels, you know, sort of the top mm-hmm. of the face, which is the all the happy memories, and then the bottom is the, you know, get out of the water, the what are you doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she just gets so angry, she just blacks the whole thing out, which, yeah. again, I think a callback to her cleaning off her wall when she's a little kid. But that brings her to the present day when she uh, obviously can't cope with uh, everything that she's trying to process. So she goes to this this crazy party. And I, I'm an old guy. I don't get out much. But do parties like that happen more often than, than I think they do? Because I, uh, no. that, they, when I was a kid, I parties, know where you par- guys are parties didn't look like that when I was a kid. But, uh, maybe here in Hollywood. Right? I, think, I mean, that's in New Orleans, so maybe. I think the, the funny thing about that is when she explains it after the fact, she's like, I don't even know how I got there. I stumbled upon it. But it's really just a big orgy. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never been to a Did big orgy. Did you see orgy, them having sex on there? Well, there's the, the aerial the, shot of the people the, on the couches. That's true. They're, they're doing some things. Yeah. Each other okay. And, I mean, everybody was and there's, close. There's a, but there's it was a tank if you want to tie one off and shoot up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just like, well, that's nice to have Where a dedicated that? area. That was so randomly so, placed. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if there was a description, like if, if she, you know, if, if she looked up on Yelp, like, party that I should not be at. This yeah. would be the one with five stars at the top. Yeah. This, is the number one. this is not where she should have gone. Right. But clearly she knew about it. It had she, every element of yeah. bad yeah. and wrong. And uh, it doesn't go It doesn't go well for her, uh, obviously, as as we see at the end. Uh, and I, I'm not surprised. Uh, obviously, it's sort of a disappointing because you see that she's doing so well. But I think it's all just too much for her. Uh, mm-hmm. Bianca, is that what you feel like that that moment was more about? Less a moment, uh, you know, less the desire of getting high and more like I just can't feel skate. the way I do right now. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I don't like can't really contribute too much more to that other than saying 100 percent. I agree. It's That's definitely a good contribution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you feel like she's like a social drug user? You know how some people are social no. drinkers and they get plastered. I- I feel like every setting where she ODs, she's around people. She's right. around. Um, I don't think that's what it is. She's I, in a social. I, she setting. does strike me as somebody who would probably get high by herself in her room, but mm. I guess it really depends because, like, they never co- show that cocaine though. is a fairly social drug. It's not necessarily one that you're going to always do by yourself. Uh, Have her- you seen Scarface? Her- well, her- heroin is a little <laughs> bit more of a. I'm going to go. I'm going to go in this dark room and lay down for five hours. You yeah. know, so I think it just sort of depends. You know, I think that. We we see her in social settings and you're right. I mean, she could very well have been a social drug user, but I think when you get to the point that you're, you know, you're using that much, I, I don't think you're going to wait. Like, well, nobody's over. I guess I can't get high. Well, you know? on yeah. the last one, she didn't shoot herself up. No, well, well, no but she, yeah, that's pretty common, though. I mean, I don't know from experience. Oh, but, okay. but <laughs> all, the, all, the heroin, all the heroin you did in Arizona. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I look. I, I'm not here to judge, but it's you know, kids, her, don't do it's drugs. Just her friends, <laughs> yeah, those no, weren't but, friends. Those were complete strangers, though. Like when she got when she does the heroin in the tank, she doesn't know any of those people. Actually, I was talking about Bianca. No, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, Bianca know those people. Yeah. She's like, oh, I've been that place. That I was place like, is yeah, good. Super it's trustworthy. Like, not me. It's my friend yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh, so uh, then that just brings us right into episode six, where she's in a jail cell, and uh, Angel, were you surprised? That she called Laz. I was very shocked she called Laz. Right. But at the same time, this is the lady that shows up at her job unexpectedly. So maybe um, that was a good decision for Laz. Maybe that cultivated some type of connection or like, okay, well, you're a mother figure now. Like maybe that did something for her, for Denise. Right. What did you think when you realized that that was who she called Bianca? Well, it seemed like a pretty strategic move, I thought. I think it it felt, she said, she goes on to explain it to her dad and yeah. says that the reason why I called her is because she's here and because I didn't want to mess everything up again. So it, it mm. felt, uh, Denise is a smart character, and even though she makes dumb choices i think she goes about them relatively intelligently so Mm -hmm. i thought it it, to me it felt more like 
I'm gonna call the boss, and she's gonna take care of this, right. and you and can't get too, too mad about it because mm-hmm. you're in front of your boss. Right. There's the legitimate reason <laughs> like of he's not in town. Mm-hmm. So, but then there's also, and as she explains to her father, yeah, it's just like she just felt so bad about having messed everything up. That's that's not the language she used. But we we don't need to swear if we don't have to. Yeah. So yeah. I think that it really was, you know, it was just sort of. Just disappointment in herself, maybe even a little embarrassment. Just like I, I can't call my dad, but I do need help. So, and not the kind of help you necessarily need to be getting. You know, it's just more. She's just like, well, Lad said she would help, and this is a situation where it's going to be better than having to talk to my dad on the drive home. Also, I mean, how would you guys feel knowing that you're the reason why your dad didn't get to go on the first mission in the first place because of your drug problem? Right. I mean, I do think it was. it, It came shortly after uh, her mother dying. I feel like, you know, obviously we don't have the timeline, but I feel like it was within a year, maybe two. You know what I mean? So I think that Mm. Tom was already dealing with a lot and they were already concerned. And then when this happened, she was just like, we we can't, we we can't send you. And, you know, legitimately you're like, yeah, of course, there's just too much on his mind. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, we should try and at least do his best to be a responsible parent. Uh, also in this episode that we sort of uh, have this ongoing interview that Laz is giving. Um, Bianca, what did you think about some of the uh, revelations that uh, we got about her background and how open this, you know, look, for five episodes, really, this character is fairly closed off. You don't really get to know much about her, uh, except for just sort of like bullet points that you would put on like a resume or a cover letter. Uh, what did you think about getting to know a little bit more about her? I really enjoyed it. And I think also you learn such a breadth of information about her, too. It's not just, oh, her quote about happiness is is the death of complacency or, yeah, death by complacency. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Which is very introspective and revealing. But you also learn tangible facts about her, like how she got to where she is. And you learn about her family life. And I thought it was really insightful and really well done to kind of explore that with this reporter narrative. I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Angel? I think Laz met her match with the reporter. She yeah. kept trying to bullshit him and, you know, um, as my mom would put it, you can't piss on me and tell me it's raining. So mm. I really felt like it, she kept trying to pull the wool over his eyes and he's like, no, 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 let's just get back to the basics. I already know why you're setting it up this way. And I really appreciated his forwardness. And, you know, um, she was able to play with him a little bit, but he only allowed her to play with it so far. Right. And and she gives the very honest answer. And it was clearly something that she dodged early in their interview and had dodged in the past of like, well, no, my sister who's a model gave me, you know, the 200 grand I Mm -hmm. needed. And I, you know, I felt bad that I needed it. And I I think that that sort of helps, you know, when you're getting this kind of, you know, in-depth article written about you, that kind of rapport of like, he's like, well, she's actually being honest with me. And uh, clearly like what he writes at least serves the purpose she wanted it to because even though he is a skeptic and he sees the test not work, he is able to kind of believe as she encourages him to like, this is what we're capable of. This is uh, what we could do. Use your imagination. Right. It's exactly mm-hmm. uh, what she uh, she tells him to do. Uh, and then I guess the other key thing that happens in episode six, which is called collisions is that uh, Denise moves into the guest house and uh, that guest house is nicer than any house I've ever lived in. Yes, That's just sir. a guest house. Yes, And sir. she's like, if you get hungry, the chef's around from 2 to 10. I'm like, the you're paying a chef. will be yeah, here. You're paying a chef for eight hours of just in case you want anything. The fridge is fully stocked yeah. in the guest house. So yeah. if, uh, you know, it, it, Denise looks like she moved out, uh, I'm going to volunteer. I'd like to move into the guest house just for a long weekend. Oh, I my could... gosh. Like, that is like <laughs> drug user goals. Like... <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that we reward people for bad behavior by goals, goals. Uh, I, I, I sort of touched on it, but Angel, what did you think about Laz's decision to let this reporter see the test 
And, you know, obviously the first time he just doesn't see any, he just sees how it doesn't work. Sort of being that upfront, letting her people tell him, you know, ultimately that it's like a worse than 50-50 shot, you know, ultimately the one in five chance. Um, were, were you surprised that she was willing to offer that kind of access? Um, I wasn't surprised. I was glad she put all the cards out on the table because, I mean, if this next mission fails, then it's like, what do you have left to hide? There's nothing left to hide. So I feel like honesty was the best strategy in this case because, you know, things could go terribly wrong again. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think her biggest fear is to be exposed. And so if she's already putting things down on the table, like, okay, here's how it is and here are the chances and it's 42.8, you know, um, I feel like there's nothing left after that. You can't chew her apart because she already told you up front. Uh, and Bianca, like me, were you surprised that uh, Laz was actually having back problems and it wasn't just the excuse? Because I was just like, I was like, okay, that's the kind of thing you tell somebody. And like, oh no, she really is having trouble laying Yeah, down. they also came on very quickly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, that's true. It was very sudden. Just like the reporter accused her of at the beginning, like, oh, your back problems are so sudden. And then so at convenient. first you think, yeah. And, and, and she's like, yes, they are very convenient. Yeah. I know that almost sounds like something that was in the writer's room. Like, boy, these back problems are really convenient. Wait, let's use that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sort of tying into her back problem while she is at Tom's house, uh, there's this sort of moment where she can't find her purse and there's this panic oh that gosh. Denise is in the, in the bathroom with all Tom of the painkillers. Tom flips out. Well, and I think, again, our favorite theme as we talk about the show, that's a metaphor for the constant fear that he's in, that she's going to do something like that. Uh, Bianca, is that how you sort of interpreted that? It's it's less about the moment of like, oh, okay, you had the pills, but it's just the realization of like, yeah, I'm kind of like always pounding on that door, making sure you're okay. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree with that. I think what's interesting though, is that despite all of that, he's making a choice to abandon her essentially so it's interesting that somebody could care so much and mm -hmm. be so completely consumed by their concern and then simultaneously be like but it's mars so i'm gonna go anyway right and i mean later we'll jump ahead for a second i mean later he just mm. talks about like this is who i am this is what i do yeah and i think that legitimate concern for his daughter but it's more the guilt of what happened to his mother, the guilt of the fact of how she, as in Denise, responded to it. I think it's a lot of guilt and just not knowing how to handle it. You know, when she's looking at her her touchpad screen, all the emails, they have subjects with things like, this is really hard for me. You know, like mm -hmm. you can just tell that even that is difficult. So I think just expressing why he's concerned, but I still really care about you is really difficult for him. Yeah, he's, it's definitely, I just, he's a pretty selfish character. He really is a oh selfish character. Gosh. Did you see the part where the virtual him called him out? He was like, if mm -hmm. I had known that she would be completely okay, um, I wouldn't go. I, and, well, yeah. And then the virtual and him says like, what we'd heard the yeah, virtual Mateo say. We said, you're not being completely honest with you're me. You're not being completely And that was honest. the end of that episode, he which I believe bullshit. was this episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that was, uh, yeah, so that kind of uh, brings us right up until that point. And before we move on to episode seven and eight, Bianca has an important message to share with all of you. Yes, I do. So, hey, After Buzzers, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help After Buzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on air. For now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you for being the MVP of Live Reads, Bianca. We appreciate <laughs> yes. that. Co-MVP, because Angel did it last week. So uh, now as we move on to episode seven, entitled The Choice, this is the episode with that letter for all the astronauts to sign. And there's 
a lot of reassuring, like, really take your time. Don't just, you know, sign it right away. Mm. Think about it. And they even gave them another night to think about it. Go talk to your loved ones. Mm -hmm. And before we sort of go through the way the different significant others and family members reacted in the course of the episode, uh, I wanted to ask each of you. So, you know, very hypothetical, but if a loved one, whether it be a significant other, a child, even a parent sits down and says, so look, I'm going to Mars and I may never come back. If I do come back, it'll be three years from now. Uh, how do you think, Bianca, that you would process that? Would you would you be like, hey, you got to be you, go up to space? Or uh, would you be, especially with that one in five chance that they don't come, well, actually, it's a four in five chance that they don't come back. Yeah, I, I think things in life, at least for me, I don't know about you guys, but when it's a hypothetical, it feels, and they say this, actually, when they're talking sure. about it, it goes from a hypothetical to fact when they realize that the Mav isn't going to work. Mm. So I think with people that you love, at least my loved <laughs> ones, when it feels like maybe it won't happen, it's easy to be supportive. It's really mm. easy to say, whatever your dreams are, go right. wholeheartedly But then when the it future. becomes a little bit closer, and you know, of course, there'd all there'd already been the, the tragedy with the Providence One, so yeah. there was already, you know, going to be more apprehension than there were for the original crew members that we saw in episode one, right? Yeah, I, I don't... Look, I don't know what I would do. I'd want to be supportive and make sure that they knew because it feels for most of the characters that they're going to do it anyway. Right. So you want them to go into space thinking that you love and support them, but it would be really hard. Well, let me also ask you the reverse of that. Now, if you had spent half your life training and then you were going to go do it and you were like, would you be asking in the way that it seemed like Sadie asked and the way that Tom asked where it's like, I need to hear that you're okay with this, but I'm not really asking you if you're okay with this. So just tell me what I want to hear. Mm -hmm. would, you, would you ask the question like that, Bianca? I mean, would you, would you legitimately take their feelings into consideration or be like, dude, it's Mars. Come on. You know what? Thinking about it the way that you just phrased it, it's interesting because Sadie and Tom are really the only I know the other ones do sort of but those in their personal relationships have serious issues mm -hmm. so it's interesting it's that true. those are the two characters that po that pose the question like a statement instead of a question versus the other crew members they were more open-minded and receptive to their family members feelings about it I don't know yeah. Uh, well, Angel, both questions to you. If mm -hmm. uh, if if someone important in your life gave you this question, how like, important? <laughs> well, it could be it could be a spouse, it could be a child. Oh, uh, my or, babies are not going well, anywhere. That, that's that, that's my answer. But my three year old son's like, I want to go to Mars. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. No. I wouldn't even <laughs> let him start training. Like, I'm I'm that mom. Like, my kids will play flag football or no football because I don't even oh, yeah, no tackle. want. Yeah, no, like no. I don't want anyone jumping on top of my baby. No, I'd be like, don't you want don't you want to be on the debate team? Head that's injuries. that's more fun. Yeah, that's more fun like, than football. Baby, go go do soccer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I don't want it. I don't want it at all. So. Um, as far as mission to Mars, you can't even start the training. Right. And that's just how I feel and, personally. And I, it, well, go ahead. I want to interject, though. I don't have kids. So would you guys feel that way if you knew it was going to isolate your children from you? <gasps> oh, why you uh, say oh, like, like about about like going if, ourselves? <laughs> no, if you're so adamant about how they can't do it, but you But know, that's what they really want to do. Yeah, that you could then ruin your relationship with them. We can have a compromise. Like... <laughs> I can take them to uh, Disney World and we can do the whole Space Star Mountain. Wars. Like, <laughs> yes, we, we we'll can go to the... get on every Star Wars ride. Listen, we can go to Universal Studios. We can just completely reenact that whole episode. Like, I, 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 I can't, I don't know. I don't think my kids would isolate me because of the type of, will isolate themselves from me because of the type of mom I am. My kid wouldn't even ask. He, he's only three, I realize, but he would be like, <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you, yeah, I'm going to Mars. Uh, I'll, I'll really? see you when I'm six. Yeah. yeah, you know, just like the first time I ever left him at daycare, you know, I'm like, oh, he's going to be so, so he just ran off and played with kids he didn't know. And I'm like, all right. My compromise, I, I like what Angel's saying. No, you can't go to Mars uh, but as long as you stay on Earth. Even Antarctica is okay. 
because you're yeah, on Earth, yeah. you know, but no, no space. It's too, especially not coming back. And that's sort of, the, you know, the different levels of, you know, there are those of the astronauts who have kids and who are married. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there were those who were just dating, you know, so you see a lot of different reactions. I mean, Sadie's husband, that's a very real reaction because it's like, I was okay with it. Then you were staying. So I got com comfortable with the idea and now I'm not okay with it. But it doesn't matter. Why should we talk about it tomorrow? Why should we talk about it later? So that's some of the great, like, just sort of very real interactions that we saw throughout the course of this show. And again, very deliberate, very slow paced, but I mean, just very strong character development, like, as Bianca pointed out, you would get from a play, you know, yeah. lots of character heavy, you know, people don't usually talk you know, people don't have conversations that last like a whole page, but in, in plays and of course in TV and movies, they sure do. So we don't really have consensus. Um, uh, but I feel like if I, I would go, I, you would go for yourself. See, yeah. if I, if it was before I had kids, I'd be like, uh, what are you talking about? I have to, but then it's like, Oh yeah, but the kids, what are they, how are they going to feel about it? But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I you look at a really young age. I realized I wasn't going to be an astronaut because it's like, wait a minute. Not only do you have to like be in peak physical condition, you have to be really good at math and science. Mm -hmm. But what about reading a lot of comic books? Isn't that going to help? No, that doesn't help. Okay, so I'm going to do something else. So I'm not going to be an astronaut, apparently. Yeah. So I have, I've, I've had process of elimination. Yeah, I've had yeah. longer than both of your lives realizing that I'm not going to be an astronaut. You could work for NASA and bake the cake. That's Somebody did have to bake that cake. The cake did look Someone pretty good. Baked cake. Remember, there's a cake at the end in the last episode, oh, and that, and they're like, "Oh, we shouldn't eat it," and like Sadie that stuffs was it into her face. such a Sam's Club cake. I was a little disappointed. I'm glad you said Sam's Club because if you besmirched the name of the Costco cake, we would have had to throw down on this no, after show. There's it was no a cake Sam's better than the Club cake. It's, yeah. I was there was like, a coupon for I it. I have better handwriting than that, but you know, <laughs> but they they I. Okay, I don't want to jump ahead. Go. What were you? Saying? No, well, just finish your thought. It's all right. We can. We, I was we just going to say when uh, how everybody had to have the masks on yeah. when they were baking the cake because they can't get any germs. Yeah, on that was it. interesting. That just reminds yeah. you how serious it is. Serious it is. The way that they take everybody's clothes in those in those mm -hmm. bags because the they're yeah. going to have to prepare. And they were them for wiping space. down the like hands. Everything. Yeah, and, it's just mm -hmm. it, it's uh, the sort of things that of course it makes sense, but it's not what you think about when you go into space. It's like yeah, you can't be bringing any of those earth germs into space. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. Now, I, I don't know that we have a lot of people in the chat right now, but if you're watching the archived version of this and you have thoughts about whether or not you want your family to go, leave that in the comments and uh, we will definitely uh, respond and let you know. I feel like this is one of the shows, obviously our after show, but also the first is going to be one of those shows I think that people are going to find a little bit later because – it's hard to keep track of all the shows. Well, it's hard mm -hmm. to keep track because there's another The First well, there's coming out in movies. First Man, the movie. Oh, the First Man, but, which yes. is also an astronaut. And <laughs> when I would tell people here at Afterbus some of the shows I was doing, they're like, oh, you mean that movie? With Ryan Gosling. With Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, it's got Sean Penn. Sean Penn's no, in that movie? I'm like, it's not one. that movie. No, it's a show. It's a show. People. It's a show. What channel? What's on Hulu? Ah, oh, forget it. But anyway, uh, so I thought that really episodes five and seven, I thought, were some of the most compelling of the eight episodes just mm -hmm. because of how much character development. And episode seven is, I think, it, it edges it out a little bit because you get the character development for the other characters. It's not just Tom and his family. I like seeing the other families. Mm -hmm. I just yeah, remember so something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. You guys. Five through eight had me so curious about the phones, the rotary phones. Mm -hmm. And we were talking before the show about Girl. how in episode seven, <laughs> this is my conspiracy theory. They show in one of the frames when Tom comes over to the house mm -hmm. to sign the thing and talk to Denise. When he approaches the house in the front of the frame, there's an old rotary phone hanging in Laz's house. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just... well. Keep that in the Towards back of Towards the your end mind. of this episode, I think you and I have different mm -hmm. theories about the phones. But I do <laughs> think that the phones are not just a metaphor, but also an allegory. And we're seeing it throughout the series because you're working towards completing something. You're working towards finishing it. And also, you know, the actual, you know, building the first phone, you were able to, well, you had to build two phones because you had to call the other one. So you're able to make that first phone call. So this is sort of like that connection 
going beyond the moon, heading towards Mars. So we sort of get that towards the end, theoretically. I'm looking at it more mm. of the perspective, who is the man with the phone? Who is the man I have my thoughts. I have mine. So we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> whenever they show the guy, they cut to Laz as a little girl. So mm-hmm. have you made that correlation? I saw that. I, I have, uh, well... Stay tuned for twenty more minutes, and then we're really fifteen, and then and that's when we'll talk about it. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, highlight in this episode the choice. There's this sort of very difficult conversation that Tom and Denise have. They clearly hadn't talked in a while, and she's like, "I know you're going to go. You have to go." And she'd even said in the previous episode, "I can't be the one that tells you not to go." And she even says like. I, I started writing back to you and I kept saying, I don't want you to go. And he's like, oh, well, then I won't go. And she's like, no, that's exactly the point. I just need to get it out and say it. You have to go. But no calls, no emails, you know, all that. Yeah. So, I mean, she's just like, I have to move past you now. She's trying instead to detach. Of, yeah, instead of yeah. waiting for something terrible happens and then I suddenly have to. It's like, let me just do it now. Uh, Angel, what did you think about that? Especially think- as a mother. Yeah, if you have that conversation, like, yeah, I just have to not have contact with you anymore. Yeah, Yeah, that is such a hard pill to swallow. I think it's very good and strategic on Denise's behalf because she's already setting her mind up. Like, she's already going through her grieving process right now. So um, I think it's her defense mechanism. Like, she knows that there's a strong possibility that she could be parentless. Like, completely no mom, no dad. So this is a way for her to get her heart hardened a little bit, warm her up. And because, I mean, what if they had an amazing relationship and then he took off to Mars and died? Right. How would that end for her? Yeah. And you can sort of just see how heartbreaking it is for Tom. But Bianca, it's also difficult for Denise to realize this is what she needs to do. And you kind of see it in that moment when he gives her the hug. And she doesn't hug him back, but she has that look on her face mm-hmm. of, like, just how difficult it is. So give us your thoughts on sort of watching all of that unfold. I think that part of what Denise's problem is is the realization that you will never be your parents' first choice. I, I think That's that deep. she knows That's that, that even if she says... I want you to stay. Staying isn't an option for him. Mm-hmm. Even when he's talking to himself, like we said in the previous episode, he says you're not being completely honest when he says that he would stay. And right. All, I mean, on, on, yeah. a, on a simpler scale, like a more real world scale, it's like, uh, you know, we have to move for mommy or daddy's new job. Yeah, but I don't want to move. Yeah, I get it, but we're going to move. We're going anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Like It's like all my friends are here. Uh-huh. But yeah. you're going to have new friends. Or you know, maybe you won't, but we still have to move. And right. And her mom didn't put her first either. Mm-hmm. Her mom chose her drug addiction. Well, well, her mom cho- addiction, she, she med- chose herself, medication. and then the medication yes. sort of heightened, I think, all mm-hmm. of what her problems were. And yes. this goes back to even at the very beginning when Tom doesn't want to pick Sadie because she's doesn't have she has the no man left behind mentality right. and that is not his right which i think mm. is interesting That's when you good. compare it to what he's doing now it's hard for him of course it's his daughter he loves her but it's a mission first yeah no no it's yeah it's like definitely he just consistently throughout his life just leaves the family behind mm-hmm. and he needs everybody i guess on his team to feel that way um I I thought that that scene where they're outside the guest house with this beautiful pool. How much money does this lady have? I guess a lot if she's <laughs> she sending people to Mars. To. Yeah, but uh, where just sort of the lighting, the framing, and just reflected in the pool. Uh, mm-hmm. And like I didn't even write that down. I just remember it as we're talking about it. Just how great that looked. And I mean, I think even though there is a lot of sort of the the slow moving uh, character development and stories just visually there's so and you know even when they're not doing any effects any cool stuff just the show is really well shot and really well framed it's very compelling so mm-hmm. much so that when i was uh taking notes while i was watching it i felt like i'm like wait i'm missing like this actually looks really cool but i'm trying to like pay attention to what i'm writing and i don't know i just thought it was a it was a beautiful scene from a writing standpoint acting but just also to look at on the screen and the score 
The original right, score, I'd, uh, Colin Stetson, I believe, is who did it. Good job, because I did yeah. not look that up. He's It's incredible. I, I sometimes would try and sit there. I don't know if you guys did this, but I would try and sit there, and I would be feeling emotions, and then I would... Put it on mute and see if I felt oh the God. same emotions. The that music is, so is beautiful. Well, you know what? That sounds like something Tom would do. I'm feeling too <laughs> much. Let me just go ahead and stop. Does that make me a psychopath? No, no. <laughs> that makes you ready to go to space. <laughs> so if you want to go to Mars, Bianca. The, those shots, especially when they are showing outer space and the planets and mm -hmm. everything, that is so beautiful. So yeah, yes, I, I, I can resonate with that feeling that you had. Um, let's just, uh, we sort of brushed over the fact that, uh, you know, Sadie gets back on the crew. We didn't really talk about Mateo, who really has a tough decision to make. But ultimately, he's just like, I had to do this. And, you know, his, that's his girlfriend, right? I'm trying to, that's girlfriend. not, that's mm -hmm. just the girlfriend. And not to belittle the fact that he's his girlfriend, but that's not his wife. So he hasn't known her like forever. At this and, point, they've been dating for two years. Though. Right. So, yeah, but still it's, you know, there's an element to him. Like, who are you to tell me? It's like, you know what? If you need to move on, it's fine. But she's like, yeah, it's a little bit that I want you to stay. But if you found this in anybody else on the crew, you would tell them they couldn't go. You're giving yourself special treatment. And it makes him mad mm. because he knows she's right. Yep. And when he sits down to sign the letter on Jell, he that's when he realizes he's like, I, I just can't do this. I, I have I'm to so tell I'm so glad he was being honest with himself and being honest with his crew, too. That's totally something that he could have hidden and later on been the demise of the whole crew. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're on Mars and a member of your crew has like their you know eardrum rupture or something, and yes, he's a doctor, you can he can he get inside direction. his own ear? No. Uh, so I think that's a no. I'm gonna get, well. You know what? Though? This is a little bit in the future. This <laughs> is this is like some I don't know, 15, almost 20 years. It's hard to really say. Yeah, but it's not that. I mean, it's not so far in the future I, that uh, yeah, it's not like the aliens movies where you can pretty much do everything on yeah. that. Yeah, but ship. we have to keep Mars sanitary, right? Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so I think that you know ultimately that does bring us to episode eight, which is the crew uh, of the Providence 2. They're all getting ready for the launch. We see oh, some of the things that we're talking about. Process. It's a very long process, but it's also you just realize, like, oh, yeah, a lot goes into this because mm -hmm. they really barely touched on it in the first episode with the, the first crew. And, you know, you just sort of see, I like them all. You know, we talked about them eating the cake. They're playing basketball. Uh, Laz somehow is able to make a basket, even though she, I feel like she was hustling them a little bit. She should have held them up <laughs> for some money. So? I, I, she's like, so this goes into there? I, I don't know. She, that was a little she much. kills me. Yeah, so she's I feel like. Smart for that. Yeah, but I don't She's know. also very tall, so maybe that's, it's that's just a, a natural a great point. proclivity mm. for basketball. So, uh, you know, so a lot of this deals with them getting ready for the launch, and we get the launch itself. Uh, Bianca, what did you think about the moment where Denise realizes, like, why am I sitting here watching this on TV? Uh, and she runs after Laz's car. I'm so glad she did that. I think that you had to anticipate that it was going to happen. It was one of those where we knew the so shuttle stubborn. was going to blow up. I mean, She's you so stubborn. That. I didn't think she I, I thought she that might have. That was a moment when I was like, okay. For, for, the, so for the economy of storytelling and screen time, it makes sense that it happened that way. I thought it might have happened as it got a little closer and then she, I don't know. Call, yeah, they just call, <laughs> called whatever they whatever future Uber they have some mm -hmm. like little hover car that comes to your house or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought I figured she would go. She would call George Jetson and he comes. Right, from his exactly. <laughs> but uh, a fancy Range Rover. Ultimately, it gets to be too much for her, Angel, and she she just has to go to the you know. I mean, she sees the initial launch, but she's like, I gotta I gotta go sit in the stairwell. I you know, it was too much. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that when you saw you know you saw that she kind of needed to remove herself from the situation, and I thought it was a really touching scene that you know Laz she's is human there. she's mm -hmm. vulnerable yeah. that's the last parent left you know yeah. she has no one after him they didn't even like allude to a grandmother or anything Do, mm -hmm. did you guys see any other family she had no, no i don't think they're even referenced you know so yeah. we should just assume that she doesn't yeah, have like anybody. that's it for her so i mean that was such an appropriate scene and it's being very realistic to the storyline like she has nothing left and that was a breakdown moment of, oh my gosh. And then how they were handling one another, you know, um, towards the end, it was so rough. So I was glad that she showed her vulnerability. Yeah, and I, I do like sort of 
there's a, a moment a little bit later, once everything seems to be in the clear, she's back at the house, she's packing up, and then instead she decides to film this video for Tom, which I think is well, it's funny in a way, you know, it that is. it's the uh I I hate you because I love you, and then she races the hate you and writes, I miss you. Uh, so, uh, Bianca, when you see that that's what she's writing to him, <laughs> think about being in space, and you get this video from your kid, and it says, I hate you. Oh but gosh. then the whole thing, sort of, you know, you can see how he reacts differently as he watches it unfold. I think it's exactly what he needed, because the hatred gives him permission to be doing what he's doing. Right. Mm -hmm. But then the love makes him feel okay about it all. I thought it was really beautiful. And also, I don't know if anybody put the metaphor together, but she wrote it on the chalk wall that he installed because of the original fight between the parents about About drawing on on the wall. I I did think that. That So I was like, that's really beautiful. Uh, Angel, what did you think about sort of, you know, you, you know, the fact that the I hate the fact that I love you so much, you know, and that I can't stay mad even though I'm mad. You know, the fact I guess let me put it a little different way. Basically, my interpretation is I love you so much mm-hmm. and that supersedes the fact that I do ha- I'm really mad at you kind of all the time but I do really love you talk a little because bit because hate is love and <laughs> love I mean you have to really love someone to hate them how much passion goes into hating someone so true so much passion so I mean they're all synonymous to me and like that whole clip it, it was great that you said it was funny because I was laughing because it took my emotions through a roller coaster yeah. I was mad at her for saying I hate you and I was like Oh, wait a minute. She's erasing the hate. She put, I love you. (laughs) So I got happy and then I got sad because she's like, I miss you. So I went through all of these emotional bouts like within five seconds. Uh, Well, that essentially is the end of the eighth episode. And I want to take a couple minutes and ask each of you and we'll all talk about what we think would happen in another season, which I'm just assuming there'll be another season. But uh, I don't know that there's an official announcement. But Bianca, well, actually, I know I heard the sound effect. Well, (laughs) sorry, Jeff. But what I was about to say is before we get to that, I know what's been burning and you want to talk about. The phone repair shop. And I'll tell you my theory, and then you can see yours. I think that's Tom as a little kid, uh, just sort of working and repairing all the phones. You said something very interesting. I think it was Angel who said that you thought it maybe was Laws as a kid. Uh, No, I I, I didn't think it was her as a kid. I I think that there's some connection to that guy, because that's definitely a man. Well, the narration is definitely a man, and I'm not quite sure about that. But when the door opens, you see it's not – it doesn't look to me like an adult – but, Bianca, you had a very different theory. You're seeing all the phones, they're starting mm. to shake, and then the door opens. What did you think? Yeah, so they're obviously by the launch site with the shaking. Mm-hmm. I like your idea about by it being... By a launch site. A we launch don't know site. when that is. Yeah. That might not be this site. launch. That could be, like, he grew up watching, you know, watching space, or whomever the person is, you know, grew up around that. Hmm. And they saw it. I have a theory. I have a theory. Okay. So my theory is that that could be Laz's father, which got her so passionately driven towards this mission because maybe she grew up watching or being near that type of activity of astronauts, rockets, space, all of that stuff. So I think it has something to do with Laz's upbringing, maybe her father and why she's so determined to lose how, however many team members she has to to complete the mission. Uh, Bianca, did you actually say who you thought it was? or I didn't. I definitely think it's somebody related to Laz, though. Okay. I 100% think it's someone related to Laz, just because it's so insightful about all of the moments that she had as a little kid. Yeah. I don't know. It could be her dad. It could also, maybe, I'm throwing a little mystery in there. What if it's her son in the future? Oh, that's interesting. Because I think there's something to be said for with advancements in technology sometimes people 
go back to like how people like vintage cars even right. though we no, have... the idea of repairing yeah. old phones it's sort of you know it's a lot mm-hmm. different than repairing a cell phone is super complicated and you really can't do it right actually. there's an art to yeah. it it's almost the craft mm. of doing it well that's something we can probably find came out with instructions in a potential <laughs> season two uh and now jeff uh sorry that uh, we jumped the gun a little bit but now i'd like to after buzz tv predictions uh angel i will go with you first mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. and keeping in mind we only have three minutes, yep. uh, what would you like to see in a season two of this show? What would you expect to see in a second season of the show? Um, I would expect to see a lot of camaraderie in the spaceship and having just really wonderful nurturing moments among them. And also um, Denise healing. On the outside, you know, on planet Earth, she's healing herself. Yeah. What do you think, Bianca? What would you like to see in a second season? I would really like to see, and I would guess that we probably are going to see how being isolated in a ship for years affects a person, even somebody that's really prepared for it to a negative capacity. That's what I, I would I would guess we start to see fissures in the characters. You're anticipating that? Yeah. No, and also <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be completely honest and say that I really hope there's some sort of alien communication. Oh, I think that would be fascinating. <laughs> oh my I wonder if it's that kind of story. I don't well, think it is, but I here, hope. I, I would like to see uh, some of this Mars mission. I'd like to see them trying to get the, you know, get the equipment repaired so that they can come back. What I actually think they're going to do is the second season is going to just be about them coming back to Earth and reconnecting and talking about it. We'll get flashbacks. You think so? I, well, I, I just was trying to think about what it would cost to do a whole, or a I whole season. I think that would be season three. Well, maybe. I actually read an interview that please tell me I'm, I'm good so this okay. now falls under the news category yes. yeah and then we'll wrap it up look at that just <laughs> like that with the sounders he just to summarize he pretty much says that yes he does have a season two planned out in his mind he doesn't know if it's going to happen but if so it's going to be a transition between their journey to mars and the people that they left on earth he yes. says that he doesn't think they get to mars until the in very season, end well, of season two that makes it sense yeah so that would be season three we'll see that's some good insight so yeah. i didn't expect season two to be set on mars because mm-hmm. i i'm still ex- thinking it's too expensive but that anyway new mexico. that's true they new mexico every- is just like mars <laughs> yeah. anybody who watched breaking bad they know the new mexico is basically mars. <laughs> anyway well thanks so much to everybody who joined us special thanks to bianca and angel for being part of this panel this was a lot of fun Absolutely. if you would like to follow me on twitter and instagram you can find me at christian dmz and Bianca, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bianca Hayes, two A's, one S, and an E. And Angel, where do people find you? You can find me at Angel Taylor underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thanks to Jeff Graham in the booth. Uh, we will, you know, if there is a season two, we'll see you then. But either way, we'll see you around. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 